This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. It's another week and it's another podcast. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's podcast number 164. We're doing Tuesday, February 20th. And, of course, the weekend had some, some action, even though the NBA is on a hiatus. All-Star Weekend is always something I look forward to. And it's not because of the game. And we'll get to that in a second because there are a lot of people complaining about the game. And, uh, I, and I go, what are you expecting? Like the people, like these pundits that come out, maybe all star game. Do you actually think that they're going to take that seriously? Like, like the Pro Bowl all these years. Like, do you actually think those guys are going to take it seriously? So they they made an alteration in the NFL, and they're probably going to, have to make the same one in the NBA. We'll get that in a second because the weekend starts with the celebrity game, and I always look in on a celebrity game. It's a Friday night. I know a lot of people have a regular life, and they probably go out for dinner. Me, I'm a loser. So I stay in and I'm watching the celebrity game and just to see who's in it and who's got some game. Now, in the past, I've been surprised with guys that had game, you know, who has game the, the lead singer from Arcade Fire, Wynn Butler. <laughs> he's like, oh, I couldn't believe it. That guy's got some game. And some, so these randos show up every now and then and, and they have some game. Well, in this game, it was dominated by Micah Parsons. My man can play. He's firing threes. He's dunking on fast breaks. I'm going to, this guy must play a lot of basketball. But in any event, half the people that were playing, I had no idea who they were. You know why? Because they were internet influencers. I, 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 God, listen, I don't want to be an old guy, all right? Uh, but wh- what... How do you get famous enough to be an internet influencer to be part of an NBA celebrity game? I don't get it. There was this one little guard. His name is uh, Tass, Jay Tass. And he's some kind of internet. He posts videos on YouTube or whatever. He's some YouTube star. And he's a little guy, with, and, and, but he can play a little bit. So he, he had a little bit of game. And I'm looking over here. This guy is from a, a, an influencer. This person over here is an influencer. What, what has happened in this game where you actually used to have celebrities in the game that you would see on a movie screen or something? And now all these influencers are part of the game. All right. So I got tired of that. I bailed out at halftime. It was funny. This guy, Tass, if you look him up, I don't really know who he is. But he took like 10 of the first 15 shots. And so at halftime, he goes over. And Kelsey Plum, who's, for my money, is obnoxious as it is. But I saw see her on a commercial. She's in the WNBA. She used to have the all-time scoring uh, uh, record in NCAA basketball for the University of Washington until Caitlin Clark just eclipsed her. And she, like, the guy goes over, and she, like, (laughs) 
She like fist bumps with him, and she goes, "Yo, dude, pass the ball." <laughs> Where do you get the nerve to get a celebrity game? Anyway, I get a kick out of these little moments of these uh, these faux celebrities playing. Then now we go to Saturday night, which I find really interesting. Just like I find the NHL skills competition interesting. I don't watch the game at all, but I do watch the skills competition. I like to see those guys uh, use their creativity in skating or shooting or whatever. And the same with the NBA. And it starts off with a three-team skill competition. Uh, and, And there were a bunch of teams. They put together a Pacer team. They put together the number one draft pick team. They put together an all-star team. In, in uh, groups of three to go through all these uh, skill ramifications where you're passing the ball through a thing and then you're dribbling it around. And, and it's like a relay and a whole bit. And uh, and watching the game, and Maxie's in it. And uh, and Maxie, <laughs> Maxie takes the wrong route. They're like, they're, they're, this court is lit up, right? It's, it's one of these magnificent nouveau courts where it's all uh, AI engineered. And so the, the court shows you the way like there's arrows that are on the court uh, you know like fire and whole bit and it shows you where you have to go to go around these obstacles and maxi maxi does takes the wrong route i'm going dude what's up and, and then uh scotty barnes of the toronto raptors dribbles the ball off his foot take it seriously for christ's sake it was embarrassing uh, so anyway, uh, we, we get to uh, Anthony Edwards because at the end of the skills competition, you gotta you gotta make it. We're not in, in the end. Right before the end, before you dribble the length of the court, and make a lap, you gotta make a three point shot. This dude decides to shoot it left handed. I'm going. Why would you do something like that? Like, what do you have to gain shooting it left handed? And it dawned on me because what he's doing is letting his team down because he missed it. So it throws you off of your timing in a whole bit. I'm going, he was afraid to actually miss right-handed. So he decided, if I shoot left-handed, nobody can blame me because I'm shooting left-handed, whatever, whatever it is. But this is the stuff that goes through these guys' minds. And I'm going, come on, dude. Take, I mean, at least the fans are in there. It's like the sellout crowd inside the arena, right? You would think that they would be there to see the competition, right? And it's, listen, I like Anthony Edwards, but I'm going, Dude, are you that filled with yourself that you have to shoot it left-handed? Anyway, that's my beef because those kind of things infuriate me. And so now we get to the three-point shooting contest, which for my money is probably the best competition because you got some really good shooters using all the racks, going around, and, and the four people, four people tie with a score of 26. Every person in the competition was over 20, which is amazing. And point totals, and four people tied for 26. Jalen Brunson had one shot to get to 26, his last ball, and he didn't make it. So he was out of the competition, which was eventually won by uh, Damian Lillard, who waited for the, la- the last shot. He missed four of them, his last rack, and he ma- makes the one to win it. And that was fun. It was really entertaining with really good shooters. Now, Steph wasn't in it because Steph now has – the next three-point shooting contest where he's going against Sabrina Ionescu. And the big controversy there is, would Sabrina Ionescu shoot from the WNBA line or would she shoot from the NBA line? She decided to shoot from the NBA line. I'll give her a lot of credit. And she went first where there's a lot of pressure. She made her first seven shots. But here's the rub. 
the WNBA ball is smaller than the NBA ball. So I go, eh, all right, but she puts up a big score of 26. Now, Steph Curry, the greatest shooter in the world, believe me when I tell you, there's pressure on him because people want to see if, she, if he can beat Sabrina Ionescu. And he winds up beating her on the last shot. So that was all good. It was all entertaining. Now we get to the dunk contest. Nobody in the NBA, no star, wants to compete in it. So you have the also-rans. It's the also-ran competition. The biggest name was Jalen Brown, and I'll give him some credit. Jalen Brown, the biggest star in the league, decided to get in it. But Jalen Brown's not exactly a creative dunker. He's a power dunker, and he dunks over people in games. So he wasn't going to win it. The other three were Mac McClung, from the G League, who won it last year as a member of, like, a faux member to Sixers. He played with the Sixers for, like, a half an hour. Uh, Josh Toppin, who's the brother of Obi Toppin, who has a two-way contract with the Knicks. I don't think he's played a minute for the Knicks yet. And uh, who was the last guy? I can't even remember who the last guy was because it was that non-sequential. So I have a brilliant way to restyle the dunk contest. And I've been saying this for years. When I was on the radio, I said it. It is absolutely brilliant, especially now that college players get NIL money. I watch these videos on YouTube of these high schoolers who dunk. They're amazing. So I would have the high schoolers versus the college guys versus the NBA guys. And I would appeal to the NBA players who are really the, the big-name players who are known for dunking, and I would incentivize them with a $2 million prize if they win the competition. Meanwhile, the league can give NIL money to the schools of all the dunkers who entered the contest, and then the high schoolers would get money for their school to build gyms and such. Or beef up the educational program. It's a brilliant idea. And nobody has thought of it. Why? I don't get it. Don't you think you would tune in to see if a high school kid could beat an NBA guy in a dunk contest? Or a college guy could beat an NBA in a contest? And what would happen with the NBA players? They would go, man, we can't get beat by these dudes. So let's bring in our best dunkers. Because at the end of the day, they have some pride. And if you attach $2 million to it, they're coming out. It's a brilliant idea. Darren, I got I to gotta come to you because this idea, I've thrown it out in space. I can't believe that of, of the thousands of people that have heard this, not one NBA executive had called me yet. I would love to see high schoolers and college kids take part. It's a great idea. The only thing I would add, now most of these, any high schooler that's going to participate is probably going to be getting a full-ride scholarship. I would add if he has to pay any participant, by the way, if they have to pay, tw- you know, anything in college that that's covered, but that's the only that's the only tweak I would make. What do you mean if they have to pay? Like if there's any, they're not paying anything now. No, no, no. I'm saying when high school kid, whenever high school participant, once they go to college, you said college at first. So I meant I meant high, high school now. I'm talking about any high school. Okay. The only tweak I would make. Any high schoolers that participate. Now, again, most of them are already getting free ride scholar, full full ride scholarships. But if any of them need any money towards their uh, education, that that would be covered. That's the only tweak. 
I would add that in. High school kids get NIL money too. They're getting, they're getting they're getting NIL money. I know that, but you're saying the so, money you're saying the money goes towards the school that they're getting if they win. Yeah, they would get a portion of it, and a portion of it would go to to the school okay. to build the you know, better their gymnasium or whatever. I, I didn't think you but, said yeah. portion of it goes to them in particular, but yes, okay, that's right, fine. Well, I wouldn't change a okay, thing. Okay, you can give give them a portion. There you it, go. It would kind of be in the form of an NIL. Then there you go. Especially that's now, you could do that. I, it's a brilliant idea. And and people are stupid in the NBA because I don't want to freaking see Matt, Mac McClung anymore. And the kid's a good dunker. I get it. Come on. It was he drawing people? Yeah. No. There's there's 20 guys on New York City schoolyards that can dunk like him. <laughs> exactly. Or on the or in the courts of Sea Isle City in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's move on now because it's uh, uh, celebrities in the crowd. That I'd like to see. I love to see the celebrities who come to, to the All-Star game get the first row tickets. But I am tired of seeing Guy Fieri's fat face on the screen. I just can't take it anymore. He's everywhere. He's on every Food Network channel. He's got Guy's grocery store run or whatever the frick he has. He's got the diners, drive-ins, and dives. He's got Guy's whatever. Gross. Whatever he does. I'm overexposed. And now, especially, he's bringing his kids into the, into the four. Like he, he's got he's to give his kid a part on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Do you think anybody cares about his kid? All right, it's his kid. God love him. He loves his kid. But I don't want to see him. So he's there with his big, fat face with a cigar in his mouth. Now, it's not lit, but he's got the chains and the cigar. And I go, okay, he's there for Saturday. I won't have to see him. Sunday. I got to see his face in the frame again during the game. Now, the game is ridiculous, okay? And a lot of people are complaining about the actual All-Star game on Sunday. And I go, well, why are you complaining? What did you expect? What do you expect? That these guys are going to play hard in an All-Star game? We have raised the level to the point where they like, think of themselves as entitled commodities, they're not going to, no matter, Adam Silver could come into the locker room and lecture and tell them to play hard. And they're going to go, eh, phenomena. I mean, like, they're not, they don't have any incentive to play hard. Do you think they have any incentive to play defense in a game like that? I mean, I, I love these people that have the outrage. So they, they, one team scored 211 points, the other team scored 186 because they get up and down the court in like three seconds flat and score, or they shoot 100 threes. Naturally, the score is going to be high, and nobody's going to defend because you, 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 these guys think I'm in that game for one reason, just to show off a little bit. I'm not going to play defense. We think I'm going to pull a hamstring. I'm going to try to stop somebody on a fast break. And how do people do not recognize this? So do away with the game completely. You don't have to have the game. Just have a skills weekend. The game is ridiculous. Now, I happen to like the athleticism back and forth with the dunks and the alley-oops and the three-point shot. I like all that stuff because it's a skill. But most people are turned off by that, especially these holier-than-thou pundits that go, well, there should be defense in this game. <laughs> what are you kidding me? These guys are making $50 million a year. They go, well, back in the day they played defense. So they weren't making $50 million a year. When you put yourself at that pedestal, they go, well, <laughs> I'm making $50 million. I'm bigger than the game. I'm not going to put any effort in a freaking all-star game and get hurt and blow my bag. It's just silly for people to be upset by it. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Sixers. 
Uh, Kyle Lowry's joining the squad when the Sixers resume play. The roster is kind of set right now. Um, They're hoping they can win enough games by the time MB comes back. Uh, Let me tell you what they're up against. So right now, they're the fifth seed. They're two games ahead of the Pacers, who are the sixth seed. And right now, the fourth seed, New York Knicks. So the Sixers, if the season ended right now, would play the Knicks in their first playoff series. That would be a tough series for them to win, whether it beats back or not, because we don't know what kind of shape he would be in, whether he'd be 100% healthy. So let's look at their schedule to see if they can win enough games to get out of that spot. Um, Their first game is Thursday. We're doing this on Tuesday, of course, the Mike Misnelli podcast. Guess who it's against? (laughs) The Knicks. The Knicks at home. Now, they got Thursday against the Knicks, Friday against the Cavs in a back-to-back, right? Now, I'm going to tell you, since we're Bet Rivers is sponsoring us, and sometimes I like to give sure bets. If you don't bet the Cavs in that game, you're a fool. Because this is revenge for the Cavs. The Sixers upset them last week in Cleveland, and it's a back-to-back for the Sixers. This is the bet of the year. It might be the bet of the year to bet the Cavs. All right, so that's loss-loss. Then it's Sunday, the Bucks loss. And then it's Tuesday, the next Tuesday, at Boston. So the Sixers are likely to come out of the shoot loss, 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 loss. In fact, if you look at their games, it looks like the best they could do is four and seven in their first 11 games coming out of the break, which would drop them down into that that plunge rate of six, seven, eight seed and maybe play in tournament. They play Charlotte win at Dallas is a loss at Brooklyn's probably a win. Memphis, uh, a win. New Orleans is a loss. And then at the Knicks, and at, at the Knicks, in a home and home. They might win one of those games. Um, so it, it, my point is, it, it's really not looking good for the Sixers to get a favorable seed. And uh, so when you look at it, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would love to be optimistic <laughs> because it beats coming back. But I'm sorry, I just can't be. And so this season is is really putting a knife into my heart that the Sixers really kind of, it's kind of hopeless for me to think the Sixers could do anything. But keep the faith. I know Sixers fans, you're very faithful. Keep the faith. Maybe they can do something by the time you get to the spot where Embiid's playing and he goes out of his mind and he carries them uh, and whatever. All right. Let's talk about the Phillies. Whit Merrifield. Good signing. Um, 35 years old now. Um, Whit Merrifield was actually a member of a two-time national championship college baseball team at South Carolina with local guy Christian Walker, the first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They were buddies. In fact, Whit Merrifield called Christian and said, what should I expect playing in Philadelphia? And uh, Christian Walker, who played in that series, of course, they won, but... He knows what the Philadelphia's crowd's like. Sold them one, and it's pretty exciting to play there. So he's happy to be here. And so their roster is pretty much set. I don't think there's any room for any surprises now uh, as you uh, look at their roster. They will have 13 pitchers, the eight starters, which leaves five bench players, who will be 
Merrifield, Stubbs, the backup catcher, Pache, Nick Cave, and Edmundo Sosa. Now, Merrifield is going to get a lot of at-bats because he can play every position. So whoever needs a day off, Merrifield's going to start. And I would not be surprised that he gets like 400 at-bats this year for the Phillies, playing as often. Uh, and he's a good hitter. He's not a power hitter, but he's obviously a good hitter. So, um, you know, I don't like the idea of Pache and Cave being very important bench members, but that's what uh, likely it's going to be. And their pitching staff, um, uh, who knows who, who's going to be the fourth and fifth starter at that point. That'll be settled by spring. Uh, their bullpen looks uh, like it's pretty set as well. Um, so they're your Phillies as they're in spring training. Okay, I can't wait, frankly, for the baseball season to start. Uh, it's time to talk golf. The Genesis Open, which is in Los Angeles at Riviera Golf Course. Now, that golf course is spectacular. Everybody loves it. It happened to be designed by the same guy who designed the course that I play at. And his name is George Thomas. And he was from Flower Town. His father owned uh, some kind of a farm, and uh, uh, they grew roses or whatever. So he had a background of horticulture. So this open land in Lafayette Hill area, he just got into golf course design, and he designed White Marsh Valley. People loved it so much, and the people who have won there is no joke. Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas. Tom Weisskopf, all these guys won at White Marsh Valley when there was a pro course, a pro tournament here called the IVB Classic. Um, so uh, it was so successful that they commissioned him to go to L.A. to design a couple of golf courses. So he designed Riviera and L.A. Country Club, which are spectacular. Just a little side note. This is not really what I want to talk about the Genesis Open, which is Tiger Woods' personal tournament. So the PGA Tour is suffering from a lack of names because they all went and took the money that the Live Tour. <laughs> so Tiger Woods is a big name. Tiger Woods withdraws after the first round saying uh, he was sick. Now, I don't know if he was or not, but it always seems to me when Tiger comes back to play a tournament, if he knows he's not going to be and make the cut, he's out the gate. All right. And nobody will say it because he's Tiger Woods. And I get it. Why golf commentators don't want to you know, get on his bad side because he'll shun them for the rest of his life. But that said, if you got flu like symptoms, which is probably what he had. He's in a luxury hotel somewhere in L.A. You would think because it's his tournament that he would stick around, stay in bed for a couple days where he's going to get all kinds of private doctor care and a bottle of NyQuil and just put the symptoms to the point where they get manageable enough so he can show up late Sunday afternoon to present the trophy in his own tournament. Instead, he's out the gate back to Florida. And I'm going, nobody says a word about it. He's got like total immunity for whatever he does. I get it. He was the greatest golfer in history. But don't you have to be called out for that kind of thing? He's not there to present the trophy at his own tournament. All right. I'm off my high horse. Because on Sunday, the final day of the tournament, which is usually the most exciting day, 
Patrick Cantlay, who was the personality of a, 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 a wood floor plank, is the leader. Now, who's going to tune in for Patrick Cantlay? He's got no personality at all. And by the way, has a model wife. And what she sees in Patrick Cantlay, I don't know. But yeah, I guess I guess it's I guess it's to money. I guess and God bless him. Uh, but but anyway, he loses. He folds on Sunday. By the way, my bet Rivers uh, account. Uh, I bet Will Zalatoris to finish in the top two. And guess what happened? Will's out this way. Betting golf and Bet Rivers app is fantastic because you can bet guys to finish from one to four, one to two. You can bet the winner. So I, I got Will's out of Taurus and, and Cache. Uh, all right. So um, Hideki Matsuyama shoots 62, wins the tournament. Now, I don't want to be jingoistic here, but Hideki Matsuyama is a smart guy who went to college in Japan. He's been on the tour now, I don't know, what, 10 years? He can't say golf ball in English. And I'm going, dude, go make an effort. You know, go to babble.com for crying out loud. So, you can, so they're interviewing him. He's got to have an interpreter there. He's been here forever. He can't speak one more word of English. Now, he, I looked up his background. He went to college in Japan. Now, I don't know what they do in Japan, but when I went to college, and I had a liberal arts uh, a program at College of Penn State, language was a requirement. You had to take a language. And you had to take a language in high school, too. So I took Spanish in high school, and I took a couple courses of, of Spanish in, in, um, in college. What do they do in Japan? They don't require another language? Darren, what, what's going on here in Japan? I, I took Spanish, too. I wish I took Italian. I still understand a lot of Italian. But, yeah, I don't understand that either. How can you not say hello? Like, I think he said thank you at the end, right? Like, he knows those he two thank words. You. Thank you is the only word he knows. <laughs> yeah. I, I get bugged when, when players of any sport are no, uh, see, in around for a while. And they don't I can understand English. the Dominicans that come over here. Poor, poor kids. They're After not, 10 they're years, not educated. Though? They're going to learn English. They come here to survive by playing right. baseball. The Japanese people who come here come here with monster contracts and also are usually educated in Japan. They're not like Dominican Republic guys who grow up hitting a rock with a broomstick. Yeah. So, that, like, I don't understand the Japanese people who come over here. And I can see, like, the first few years. He's been on tour for how long, this guy? And no, so it's I, a fair I, point. Come on, dude. Mix in, mix in a couple of English words. Have a little responsibility. Amanda Renner is interviewing the guy, and she's asking, like, like the interpreter's going to whisper in his ear the question, and he's come on, what are they, in Japan colleges, they have, like, no English class? Like, is that where they go? Yeah, usually the questions are pretty basic, too. Like, it's not a very lingual question. Hold on, before you go any further, speaking of college education and English words, I like to consider myself a pretty good wordsmith. Like I, I, I'm, I like, I enjoy writing. I've been nominated for awards for writing. What is jingoistic? Jingoistic means you're partial to your country. Okay. You're an American who's a jingo who with protect. Right. You know, like, like all you have to know is, uh, 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 like you, look, you look down on, on other people who don't absorb the English uh, English language or way of life. I learned a new word today. Thank there you, you go. Yeah, look it go. up. Jingoistic. Jingoist. <laughs> All right. Um, one other thing. Like in college, 
I like the Penn State. Freshman year. They put you through these freshmen before classes start. They put you through these freshman orientation things. You had to swim two laps in the Olympic-sized pool and tread water for 10 minutes, or you had to take a phys ed class called uh, fitness and health. Now, I guess you didn't have to do that, right? They didn't have those, uh, not at Rowan, no. Of course not. (laughs) So there you go. Penn State, before you even start a class, they test your swimming ability. Wait, that's not even for the athletic program? That's for their academic program. It's for regular students. Now, I don't know if they do it anymore, but when I went there, they go, okay, uh, you got to place out, because phys ed was a requirement, four credits you needed of phys ed. So you had to place out of that that fitness and health class. And if you swam, you, you, you place out of it. So you had to tread water for 10 minutes and swim Olympic size pool back and forth a couple, couple times. Now, listen, that I did it. because I, 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 I learned, I knew how to swim and I had to tread water, but how many people can do that? That come into to, to freshman uh, college. I don't think they're related, believe it or not. Like being able to swim or tread water isn't related at all to the knowledge of physical health. They're testing your stamina. Okay. Uh, and they're, they're testing your, your ability. If not, you have to take this special phys ed class. That's a requirement. Oh, well, here's what I like about that. I don't think colleges or even high schools teach enough about the common world or the regular, a regular life. There's no like... Economics classes are not really, they don't deal with everyday economics. They're like higher end business economics. So I like that. I like anything that can teach a young student to relate to the real world. I just don't see how one corresponds to the other. I don't understand how swimming or treading water. It's cardio. Basically, it's cardio. I get it. They're testing your cardio. They They throw you in the water instead of making you run a mile. No, actually, I think I, part of the test was you had to run a mile in under eight minutes. Because you're an Iron Man. <laughs> and I'm sure, like today, it'll be like, they probably don't do it today because it's probably looked at as a No way. There's no but, way they but do But I today. had to do that or I had to take this specific phys ed class. Yeah. And the phys ed classes that you could take, like, they're amazing. You could take any sport for phys ed. You could take bowling. Yeah. You could take, like, I took lacrosse, right? Because I wanted to learn how to play lacrosse. You know, I take lacrosse. And Shrek comes up. He goes, uh, he goes, Miss Ellie, you in a you're in a baseball team, right? I go, yeah. He goes, you don't have to take this class. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you get a credit for being on the team. <laughs> I go, oh man, I wanted to learn. Then I put it in like two and two. Do I want to stay in a class or do I want to have time off to goof off? So I said, okay, I'm at the door. There <laughs> so you I go. never learned how to play lacrosse. That's the Mikey miss, I know. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some football issues because we're in a lull with football. You have the draft that's going to be coming up soon, and we'll be obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so many people that have to fill time talking about football, whether it's the radio, whether it's the NFL Network, TV, ESPN, whatever. So um, Chris Sims is at it again. Chris Sims, for some reason, is a hater of the nth degree, and especially of Jalen Hurts. And he called Jalen Hurts the most overrated player currently in the NFL. It's not the first time he's taken a shot at, at, at Jalen Hurts. And I'm thinking, like, what is, what is, where did your axe come from? Somebody ought to do some investigation about where his axe comes from 
with Jalen Hurts. But also on top of that, I saw a list that had Jalen Hurts as only the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. So I want to do a little exercise here with Darren to uh, to find out whether he is, in fact, ranked that low. All right, let's 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 go over it. I'm going to go over some quarterbacks, like number one, Mahomes, right? Uh, no question, yeah. All right, number two, Lamar. No, I would rank him lower than two. Okay, who would you put in two? I would put uh, I would put Joe Burrow at two. Who? Joe Burrow. I'll stop it. I would. <laughs> you can't not right now. You can't put him over Lamar Jackson. If I'm starting a team and I have to choose oh, one of those I'm two, talking I'm about right Burrow. now. Ranking the quarterbacks right now. Lamar Jackson is coming injured. off an MVP year. Okay. You are in love with Burrow. I swear I, to God. All right. He's healthy. He's no, I'm over. I'm over ruling that one. So it's number one is uh, is Mahomes. Number two is Lamar. Number three, yeah, Burrow's not even number three. Josh Allen is number three. I would put Bur- uh, Allen after Burrow and before <laughs> Jackson. You're ridiculous, man. Uh, <laughs> Burrow maybe is four, but you got to give some love now to. Um, C.J. Stroud. Really like Stroud. Okay, so is he is C.J. Stroud right now in the top five? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So let's go. We got the five down. Now let's go now to the the back half. Okay. Would you put Purdy at six? That's a little high for him. I'd like. Okay, who else would you put there? Uh, There's there's Justin Herbert. There's Goff. There's Trevor Lawrence. There's Dak. Who else you putting there? There's there's Love. Right now, I might put Jordan Love at six. Okay, I I wouldn't, but uh, all right, Love and then Purdy. Yeah, I'll go Purdy seven. That's fine. Okay, Purdy seventh and uh, eighth. Would you go um, Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert? Herbert, I think Herbert is spectacular. I want to see him with a good coach. All right, it was number nine. Would you put Hurts at nine behind her? Herbert or Trevor Lawrence ahead of him? Is Stafford ahead of him? I would put Stafford ahead of him. I would not put okay. Trevor Lawrence. Stafford ahead of him. is now number nine. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. No. Or Hertz. Uh, Hertz. All right. So Hertz, 10. Well, I mean, who are the other five? Who are the next five? There might be well, one or two. I mean. I know. You got Goff and Dak. Mm. I, I just can't would put Would you Dak put Goff ahead of Hertz right now? I would. Yes, I would put Goff right, ahead I put, of him right all now. All right, so I got Goff at 10, which makes Hurts at best number 11. Yeah, I'm with that. Okay, so that's yeah. a little better than 15. I don't know who else he would have ahead uh, of him. There's, there's Baker Mayfield, there's Dak Prescott, there's Geno Smith, there's Kyler Murray. Um, so th- none of those guys. None of those of guys so, I would put in front of Hurts. No. All right, so we settle it. He yeah, is 11th 11th. at best. There you all go. right, so there you go. So, you know, that – we're giving some love, local love to Jalen Hurts. If you want to call uh, it love, right. we bounced him out of the top ten. He's a two-time MVP, strong contender, but nevertheless. Well, listen, <laughs> it's better than 15. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Mike Unleashed. Uh, the big Mike Unleashed topic is Rick Pitino. Uh, Rick Pitino, a uh, sore loser that he is, uh, and because he's not raised St. John's to the level of being an NCAA tournament-quality team, decided to rip everybody else, including his players, after a loss. Here's what he said. He said, um, this is um, 
draft. He said, we, we, this team lost this season the way we recruited. So he buried his assistants. He said, we recruited the antithesis of the way I coach with speed, quickness, fundamental strength, and toughness. It's a good group. They try hard, but they're just not very tough. All right, so he rips his own team, and then he rips them individually. Uh, and then he says, we have crappy facilities. So he, he didn't use crappy. Uh, and he said, but having crappy facilities has nothing to do with not guarding. So now he's doing this in a press conference following a game. So he's already buried his players. He's buried his assistants. He's buried his administration and ripped his facilities. But he goes on further than that because he rips each player individually. Uh, he says, let me see. Uh, look, Joel Soriano, slow laterally. He's not fast on the court. Chris Ludlam is slow laterally. Sean Conway, slow laterally. Brady Dunlap's physically weak. And Dries Traor is slow laterally. <laughs> what the hell? you got to be kidding me. Rick Pitino. That was a complete meltdown by him and a completely disrespectful meltdown. It's unbelievable. And I don't know what the university's going to do. They paid him a ton of money to build a program there. He had to sanction who they brought in. It's not like they, 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 they put blindfold on him and the assistants all of a sudden, well, here are the guys, and they show up for day one. He knew what players he was bringing in. Come on, man. That's a violation for Rick Pitino. Uh, all right. Uh, Patrick Beverly, let me just say this one thing to you folks who, uh, who worshipped the ground that Patrick Beverly walked on and thought it was such a great loss because he was Philly tough. He goes to Milwaukee and throws Philly under the bus, throws the team, his ex-teammates under the bus. The one thing here, people are interested in winning, not like Philly. <laughs> like they, you creep. I, I wonder how many people love Patrick Beverly now. All right. Um, Jay Williams. Jay Williams is a guy, I've always said this. Of course, talking about the commentator in ESPN, he used to play for Duke and unfortunately didn't have a pro career because he wrecked his leg in a motorcycle accident. And I think that he uh, is bitter about that. And therefore, I think he has to draw as much attention to himself as possible to feel legitimate. So he says that Caitlin Clark of Iowa isn't great yet because she hasn't won a chip. Now, if you've ever seen Caitlin Clark play, I'm really hard to impress. This girl wows me. This girl is a combination of Pete Maravich and Steph Curry. I've never seen anything like this girl. So to say that she's not great is just flat ignorance on, on Jay Williams' part, and it's a hot take that is so horribly wrong that he should probably apologize for it. Pete Maravich never won a, a championship. Larry Bird never won a championship. You mean to tell me they weren't great college players? What are you even talking about, Jay Williams? All right, I'm done with him. I think Jay Williams has been hanging out with Chris Sims. Yeah, it, come on. It's embarrassing, Frank. <laughs> Agendas. All right. Just agendas. Um, Michael Bridges. Wow. Fresh scrub Villanova kid from the suburbs here. May have gotten his coach fired because they got pounded by 50 points at the Boston Celtics in the game before the All-Star break. He didn't have many favorable things to say about how the team was coached. And so sure enough, Jacques Vaughn gets zippity doodad and Kevin Alley. Our old pal Kevin Ollie, who was a backup on that team that went to that played the championship with the Lakers, uh, and he coached UConn and uh, won a national championship as a UConn player, is now the head coach of the New Jersey Nets. 
Good luck dealing with Ben Simmons, Kevin. Uh, Ali Ali Oxenfree is what you're going to be saying uh, after having that guy around. Uh, all right, last thing I, I want to talk about, I'm, something I'm dealing with here locally. Uh, it is the no plastic bags rule in my township. Now, I get to the shore, and you, uh, in Jersey has eliminated the plastic bags. I, every time I go to the Acme in Ocean City, uh, I feel naked because – uh, I, I don't have a, a bag that I bought, like a, a recycled bag. That you can buy. So I wised up and I bought a couple here. But I always, always forget to take them into the grocery store. So I got a bunch of groceries. I'm in the self-checkout line, and I'm ready to pay. And uh, they go, how many how many paper bags did you use? You got to pay for the freaking paper bags. So what I do is I leave my girl. I run to my, my car in the parking lot, and I bring out my recycled bag. I hate paying 10 cents extra for a paper bag because they charge you now. It's a violation, I think. Darren, your thoughts. I've been dealing with this crap for over a year, and it drives me nuts, Mike. I have probably three do- – see, you got to remember, you shop for one. When I, and I do the food shopping. I don't mind going food shopping. I'm shopping for four people. So I have to have multiple bags. And I always forget them. If you go in my mudroom in my home, there's about 45 of those freaking so you're bags. You're paying 40 cents extra. For a paper bag? No, they're a dollar twenty-five each. What paper bags? Ones. No, no, no. They, no. Have we, they don't bags offer today. paper bags. What I'm saying is, they charge they don't you now for them. paper bags. They don't charge. They, at my, at my, at the shop right in Marlton. Most places here, Target, everything around here, they don't give you the. The only place that gives you the option around here is CBS. Those really? Brown so paper in your bags. grocery stores, you don't even have paper bags. No, now they offer a thirty-three cent version, like it looks like the, the old plastic bags with sticker material. But they hold a gallon, of, a, a, a quart of milk, and, and a thing Listen, of cream cheese. I'm not. I'm not buy the bags. I, I like the because anything you can do to uh, eliminate the carbon uh, footprint, I'm, I'm, uh, it's I'm a, okay. It's, an anno- it's the bane of my existence. Right yeah, now. but I always forget it. and I got to run out there, but I don't want to pay ten cents for a yeah. paper bag. Come on, man. I, I forgot it. Can you just spot me the paper bag? All right. Uh, last thing, <laughs> TV a recommendation. Curb Your Enthusiasm this past Sunday was hysterical. It, was one, it may have been one of the best ever. So if you haven't seen it, On Demand Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, and I'll give you a hint. Uh, a lot of it has to do with Leon's testicles. All right, I'll just give you that little hint. And also, jo- I like John Oliver because he's a maniac. Um, uh, yeah, the, I love John the, Oliver. Yeah, last week tonight with John Oliver absolutely skewers Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. You'll, yeah, it's you bad. will love it. So there are my two TV recommendations. All right, let's close it down. The Mike Masnelli Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. You can email me, Mike at MikeMiss.com. You can check me out on Twitter at MikeMiss25. If you want a Cameo shout-out, go to Cameo.com. I'll give you a personal shout-out. Uh, and uh, don't forget, I got, I got a children's book that's kind of cute. I got a couple of elementary schools I'm going to be reading to in the next couple of weeks called uh, The Adventures of Shima the Sheba. It's my crazy dog, and it's uh, very well illustrated by my friend Alex Lee, and I think you'll like it. It's a great book for kids just learning how to read or your parents uh, reading to the three-year-old at night. All right, that'll about do it for uh, Darren. Uh, I'm Mike Missinelli. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast, and don't forget to tell your friends and neighbors you subscribe for free. Just go to Google, Mike Missnelli Podcast. It'll pop up. Punch it up. Now, whatever podcast network, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, whatever, and subscribe, and it'll come to your inbox for free. Have a great rest of the day, everybody, and we'll talk to you later this week. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Mike Bissonelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.